and welcome back to Grim Encounters. We are an actual play comedy horror tabletop RPG podcast using the chill third edition rule set. My name is Nort. I will be your spoopy little chill master and all of the other members of the Arcane Oracles and your players are Robert playing Jose Draz Rodriguez and Anna playing Victoria Osterling. Where we left off, they were investigating a burning, a burned-out building, and the two players decided it'd be a good idea to go into the burning building after being told not to, and then they fell through the staircase. Surprise. <laughs> and we currently have two, four, five black tokens and two white ones. It's been rough. It's been rough. And I have that many tokens because there's supposed to be... There's three other NPCs that are supposed to be player characters. So I thought it'd be fun to add a couple more tokens this time around. Yeah, for sure. It's not working out in our favor really much. No, it's like we were just at the beginning. But I mean, at least we have... No, we don't. What? I was going to say we have tokens to flip white, but that's not our job. No, not our job. I mean, I could flip them and make bad things happen to you guys. I think that's already happened. Yeah. I didn't have to flip anything for that. We did it to ourselves. Well, I did it to me. You you did did it it to to me. (laughs) They are investigating some weird deaths, murders, fires involving um, transplants of organs. (laughs) And their contact is Lindsay Black from the... From the New York Save HQ, a.k.a. the Treehouse. You hear the boards crack. And when she sits down, it sinks a little bit more. Like, it buckles a little bit more. I'm going to call Gary. Okay. Your phone connects. Yes, dear. Hey, uh, we're stuck in the staircase. What? What? You're stuck in the staircase? I'm I'm stuck in the staircase. Drez fell through the stairs and now he's stuck in the stairs here I'm go hold on and I jumped down through the hole to try and get him out and I don't I don't know how okay give so, us a second don't yeah. move thank you after about five minutes you see them they come up from they they must have climbed through um you see Steven he has come up he comes up to you guys. Hi, where's Gary? Uh, Gary couldn't make it up here. Okay, well, I need help getting him out. Hmm. He turns to you. He looks down to you. Jazz, would you like to be pulled out or would you like to be pulled down? Like pulled up or pulled down? Uh, probably down... Okay. He uh, spins around. His arms are behind his back, and he walks back down, and you feel like some padding on your ankles, like he touches you. He goes, sorry, this third case is much more uh, sturdy for for some reason, so I'm just going to pull you down, okay? Uh, Okay. I'm going to pull you down. Oh, boy. And then try and catch you. That good. Did he just botch? He tries to pull you down and just can't. And he just kind of di- pulls you down. He pulls you mm-hmm. with like this immense force. <clears throat> and it just makes your like ankles pop. <laughs> like it hurt. It doesn't hurt. You know, like, yeah, ouch. And then like, ah. 
you just feel like the wood, like when you pull a Band-Aid off too slow, yeah. that happens, but with the wood into your butt legs. Oh, 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 oh. Take another superficial injury. Oh. Good God. Luckily, you're wearing jeans, so it's not as bad as it would have been. Mm. And he goes, uh, I don't know what to do, honestly. I mean, I could, I could activate my uh, feet of strength and pull you down. If you'd wish me to. Uh, <clears throat> well, well I, I can't think of anything else that's going to get me out of this. So, uh, okay. so, so somebody, anybody got, got something else too? Or no, is that a... He goes, uh, he's like yelling like through you. Yeah. He goes, all right, I'll just do it then. And you hear him go, he, he like speaks something in German. And kind of has this like deep like... <sighs> is like guttural like grunt and you fear him grasp you and just you feel this like warmth from his hands and he just yanks you down oh yeah he gets it basically what that does i believe he gives you like a plus 30 to your strength rolls so he has 120 strength with that which is inhumanly strong because he already has an 80 which is the max you can have for a person and he's a 60 year old man with an 80 strength (laughs) And he rips you down, and then I'm gonna have him roll muscle muscle control to see if he can, like, kind of like hold on to you and like walk backwards. Okay. Easy. Walks backwards with you. Yeah. Oh. Th- thank you. And like, th- thank you, you. you see, like, there's a like, streak of blood coming down from his nose. And uh, hold on, I need to mark down. Cause like, he got a he got a, a low success, so he loses ten. Willpower. Instead of the, because it goes zero five ten, mm-hmm. and then if you get and if fail or below, you still lose the willpower and it doesn't activate. Uh, so currently all the tokens are black. Yeah. I'm gonna have to start flipping them, which I will do. Good. And uh, now you're left up there. All right. Oh, and you. Uh, let's say you took another minor, another not minor, another superficial as he was pulling you through. Okay. So, and if he rolled pretty good, so it would have been worse if he didn't, but you just take, like, another minus five to your stamina. Okay. Okay. That's what you've been taking it from, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, stamina is, yeah, that one. Uh, I look down the, the hole. No, just a minus five. No, well, uh, I'm adding up whatever, everything else that I did before, too. Oh, oh, okay. Because I had two superficials and one minor. <clears throat> yep. Blah. <coughs> he kind of, like, sets you down, and he... Begins looking at your wounds, and he goes, "He's just cuts and scrapes." Yeah. When we uh, get the moment, I will, I will uh, bandage them. All right. Thank you. Thank you, you so much, uh, Victoria, honey. Yeah. You have options, okay? Yes. You stand up. I'm going to fall. I'm just telling you from a scientist standpoint of view. You hear like some, some stuff fall, like clattering and you hear god damn it <laughs> Gary keeps failing it's getting up there roll <laughs> and he pauses and like you see him look towards like the hall down hallway and then kind of chuckles uh or you could uh, kind of like somersault through the hole and that'll catch you 
Yeah, I'll send myself through the hole. Okay, uh, you know when you in a diving class and you kind of just like make your body straight and you're like pencil? Yeah. Do that, but uh, upside down. Okay. It's like a dive, not like a pencil drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wonderful. Now hurry while I still have this activated. Okay. Twenty. Uh, wait, what am I rolling for? Oh, you're rolling your prowess just to see if you can kind of dive through it without hitting any of the cuts. <laughs> yeah, I got a high success. Okay, <laughs> twenty. Where's your other die at? It fell. <laughs> it's a zero though. Okay, and he rolled a fifteen, so he got a high success. Oh, uh, you just dive into it, and he catches you, like, and he like kneels down and catches her, and he's like holding her. Like they would hold like a, like a bride at a wedding, and he lets you down. He has very strong arms. All right, now that we got that situated, you hear another crash. All right, Gary, Gary, that's that's no longer necessary, honey. You hear him go? No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what are you doing? All right, we're going to go towards Gary. <laughs> okay, Gary. Gary. It's a Fallout reference. That's fine. It's just for me. Um, sure. As you're approaching the staircase, he uh, falls again. And he's not, like, hurting himself. He's just, like, it's like when you're trying to go up a dirt hill and, like, there's a proper way to do it if you get the right footing. But he's kind of, like, going too fast and he's getting angry. So it's just kind of, like, making him slide back down. And his pants are, like, all, like, covered in soot. All right, Gary, uh, we're going to come down. He looks at you and just because he's got this red face, and he just spins he spins around and walks towards the door. <laughs> okay, everyone just roll a pass or fail um, prowess to get down there without. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do stupid prowess. I already said it. Pass. You failed. You failed. Okay, everyone, uh, those two, so you go first, mm-hmm. and then Steven goes down, easy, he does it quickly and efficiently, um, and you go down and you just kind of slide on your butt after you, you stumble and you slide, so. Nice. It's got some black on your jean, your pants. Okay. And you're in the lobby. <laughs> Alright. Well, this was a bust, again. I, I was gonna say, uh, before we leave... This didn't happen. Uh, I agree. Okay, yeah. let's go just, to the next thing. Just like normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you all, you four walk out, and uh, you're outside. <laughs> Where do you go next? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> two, two o'clock. Okay, where what were our quest no, markers? It's, no, I like, two, I, it's it's three. It'd be three. I like how we tried and then just <laughs> failed, and it's like you know what? Forget it. Next, next thing. We're, we're there's something there, but we don't know. That's okay. You guys got it. What the unknown role, guys? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping it was a little more, but that's okay. I'm sorry. There's I was also that. hoping it was more. Just a little more. Just a little more with my time. But, you know, I just if you guys, If you guys would have made it up there and had no fallings, I would have gave you something. <laughs> We're an elite team here. <laughs> Let's just say that you guys feel like you got everything you could from that place. I'm convincing myself I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Good job, guys. <laughs> good, good teamwork out there, guys. Okay. So, uh, the other things you can go is you can go check out the but to go check out that buddy guy's apartment. Um, you could figure out who this Joel guy is. You could go to the medical center. Uh, those are like the three things that you kind of have that you kind of okay. got from all those articles and stuff. So is Joel the purple heart guy? Yes. Okay. I think we should go talk to him first since he was the first one, right? He was just listed in, in a like a New York Times article or whatever. It was like an, like an article just talking about how he came back and he has a purple heart. And he got a heart transplant. Those two things. He got a heart transplant and he also has a purple heart. Oh, okay. Because he took, I think he, he got hit with an IED, I think it said. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we talk to him or should we talk to the buddy crazy guy? Well, buddy's dead. You can go look at his apartment and you don't you don't have any kind of information for Joel. Yeah, might as well. Okay. That'd be best. So you could, you know, look, try to like Google Joel or something, or you could go to the apartment or you can go to the uh, medical center because you have the address for both. It was on like the article. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the apartment. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Take the Metro, go down to the apartment and it is just an unassuming apartment building. Um, there's a few people coming in and out and, um, you know, it's on floor four, apartment 482. Cool. Take the elevator up, uh, <clears throat> and you're on the floor, and the apartment door, it has, like, the co- the tape on it, and then the door looks like it was, like, had they had to kick it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's open the door. It's, well, okay. Okay. Go inside. You just walk through the tape? Yep. Okay. All right, and you're in the apartment. So, other than the obvious signs of struggle... So, this this was a few days ago, okay? Okay. Um, This is about... Because it's February 24th right now. This happened February 22nd, okay? Cool. So, other than the obvious signs of struggle and the large blood stain on the faded Persian rug in front of the sofa, Buddy Lansing's apartment feels warm and cozy. The overstuffed, slightly threadbare sofa and matching recliner have a framed set of a schnauzer paintings hung on the wall behind them. Most of the visible furniture is real wood, scuffed and dinged from decades of use, including a roll-top desk where a pair of bifocal glasses rest on top of the guides to the North American birds. Packed tight on the sagging bookshelves are a wide array of novels, nonfiction, stacks of old National Geographic magazines and full leather-bound encyclopedia, Britannica set. In the middle of all this, comfy Domus... I don't know how to say that word at all. The dark stain on the rug and the and the toppled end table with its broken lamp stand out starkly. So, that's the scene for you guys. And if you want to know more, you'll have to roll me a relative skill that you think would be effective. So, probably like investigation or something. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna do that. What was my... Murder. The murder. Can you not read it? What? Can you not read my handwriting? No, no, no. That, oh. that was murder. But I mean, what did what did that one uh, entail? You can I, just I investigate murders. This is a murder scene. scene. Murder scene. Okay, so yeah, I'll use that then. That's what I thought it was for, but mm-hmm. I was like, I know we put it on there. I just don't remember what it was. 
since this is a few days old, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you like a minus 40. Okay. Okay. So just because it's it's kind of in walkthrough and it's kind of hard. You, you're going to have to like use your monster hunting settings. Yes. Uh, settings. So monster hunter senses. And so, yeah. Give me a, give me a roll. All right. So your target level is 90. Yep. And I rolled a 42. Which is a high success. success. Awesome. Okay. All right. Let me get my handy dandy notebook. All right, that's pretty good. That's bit yeah. Okay, we're gonna start with this. Uh, you kind of you go over to the desk and you give a glance at it at some of the stacks of uh, information and that the glasses and such. Uh, it has a stack of admission and release paperwork from the Accept Research Group Clinic, with notes about surgical aftercare. That's like okay. the other prominent thing besides all the bird stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. You look around on the desk and you open some drawers and you you like go to pick up something and it's like attached to like the desk drawer and you lift up and like all the stuff comes with it and pours out and underneath it's like a hidden compartment and there's a leather bound journal inside and it has like a nice like latch on it. It's not locked. Just, um, so yeah. Hey, guys, I uh, I think I found something over here. There's more stuff, but yeah, that's right. the first inter- weird thing you find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, I'll go over and I'll take the book. Okay, um, and as you flip it open, I'm going to continue with him, okay? Yep. Sure. And you kind of make your way uh, towards the bathroom. Because, you know, like, people who are influenced by the unknown kind of try to find, like, a safe space. Mm-hmm. Like a private area, and you know the bathroom's always private in people's homes. So you make your way toward that, and you step on like the floor floorboards and it's like loose okay. and a little cr- creaking noise like hollow noise mm-hmm. and you kneel down and you like pry it op- like up um with like a pocket knife you have yep. actually what is your knife you have you have what kind of knife do you have as you unsheathe it um it's gonna be uh like a, a tactical like knife uh almost almost looks like a like a survivalist knife, okay. if, if if you get an idea, yeah. not like one that has all the stuff in it, just like a straight just a big blade. version of yeah. that, yeah. And you kind of pop open, and mm-hmm. it's like a loose floorboard. And inside, you see you see a telephone. It has become wedged in there, hidden underneath. And as you open it, it doesn't it doesn't have like a lock on it, so okay. it just opens up. And on it is a like, the first thing you notice is the camera is open, like in the picture roll. Okay. And you see a selfie of Buddy, presumably. He's in a hospital gown and a disposable medical hairnet with a man in a military dress in the background. And that's like, there. You, there's probably more on this cell phone that right. if you kind of dug into it, you could okay. figure it out. But yeah, that's the first, that's the first thing. It, you just kind of open it and that's what was opened. Hmm. Okay. Um, wait, who's all with us again? It's uh, S- S- Stephen Gary. Stephen Gary. Too. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be like, because I'm I'm still focusing on yeah. what stuff I'm finding, so I'm gonna pass that off to to one of them. Like, hey, somebody come take this and take a look at it. Sure, Gary. Well, well she, she's reading, and mm-hmm. somebody else take that. Kind of split it up a bit. Sure, Gary comes over and picks good, it up. Good old Gare Bear. <laughs> oh, and he uh, takes it. He walks back towards the others, and you you finish your, your you kind of you place the board back. Mm-hmm. And you finish your walk towards the bathroom. And you look around, and it looks like this is where he 
cut into himself. There is like, um, like there's an outline on the sink of like a bloodied like steak knife. Oof. Okay. Um, it's obviously gone. They must have took it. Yeah. And just fucking blood everywhere. The bathroom is just like, it's brown and stiff. But there was was like like half an inch. Like a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. It looks like he must have fainted after he did it. And just bled out on the floor. Um, It's like a smaller, like, New York apartment. So it's very... Small bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And in the sink, you kind of open up the medicine cabinet. Just for, like, shiz and giggles, let's look. And you see his anti-infective and anti-rejection prescriptions have been filled, but have not been taken. So... You just notice that he has prescriptions that haven't even been... There's no pills missing. Gotcha. And just filled? No and pills yeah, you don't know... Okay. I don't think Draz would know what that means. Yeah. You, you take note of it. Okay. I'll probably yell out just like some stuff I'm spotting. Like yeah. This part of my routine is I find the stuff, I'll pass it out yeah. to people, and then just kind of relay what I'm seeing so everyone's getting a piece of the information. Yeah. Steven walks up to you mm-hmm. and just looks at the room and goes... Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's I disgusting. wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend coming in here. Right, but it's, it's, and he looks up and he goes, "Those are in. Those are anti-inflammatory and anti-rejection medication." And he grabs like, he play he like, reaches into his pocket and places on these gloves. Mm-hmm. It's like they're like, he's like uh, these black gloves and grabs them. He goes, "You take these," and he like gestures, looking at him. To help your body adjust to the new organ. Mm. When I would, when I would give people transplants, uh, they would have to take this or they would die. For yeah. like, for it's like every day or for the rest of your life, basically you have to take this medication. And then, hopefully, someday your body accepts it, but you never know. But yeah, none of this has been taken. He shouldn't have been. Like functioning properly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he, uh, Victoria, what, uh, what did you find in the uh, journal? What did I find mm. in the journal? Sure. Why don't you just give me a basic research roll? I rolled a nine. High success. Sure. Um, this journal contains Buddy's notes from the, his time as a save contact back in the 1990s. Oh. Before the communication blackout. I see. In the most recent entry in the journal, he, he documents his struggle against an unknown influence after his surgery and his increasing compulsion to attack his, to attack his partner, Leonard. He notes his belief that the transplant was the source of the unknown. Okay. And then the rest, like that one is like the most recent one, and the rest are from like the 90s. Hmm. So. Well, uh, it looks like this guy was an old uh, save contact, but um, not since the communication blackout. He is, has in here notes that uh, are saying that he believes the organ is from uh, an unknown source. Steven and Draz both walk into the room as you kind of finish talking about it. This is, that is, that is dastardly. Yeah. So Zia, Zia's presumably, Zia non targets transplant organs? Have That's you? strange. I, that is, that is strange and very, very malicious. Just, 
And he like shudders as he's just thinking about the harm it's causing. And Gary pipes up. I'm not going to make him roll just to use a phone. So, Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary's good with tech. You know, I did make him roll and he rolled fine. So, Because <laughs> uh, he's a dad, so yeah. He's got dad energy. He's an older dad. Uh, um, he is like sitting on the recliner. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespectful. What, what serious dad energy. <clears throat> the phone's, uh, he goes, uh, the phone's email inbox contains a bounce back email that he said he had attempted to send to his old save handler. Okay. Uh, is it that, that picture is in the attachments of that email? It's asking for help and states that the man in the photo photograph's background is called Russo. Russo. And that buddy thinks he is somehow involved in what wrong with his surgery. Russo, Russo. I've, we've, I've heard that name before. Ah, yes. The man from the article. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you just throw out these names and expect us to remember everyone's name when you have a whole last cheat sheet in front of you. <laughs> like five minutes ago I'm just laughing because literally five minutes ago you, you said his name out loud twice I said, I'm, not, I'm not mad it's fine <laughs> I don't expect you to remember everything I'm just like I was just shocked because we we all three of us just talked about it <laughs> and that's funny because Shane's usually the one that remembers that <laughs> shit it's so funny when he's not here because he's always like, ah, yes, the man from this thing. God, it's so nice when he's around. He just remembers everything. <laughs> he remembers things I don't remember. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he is the, yeah. the lieutenant. Strange. So maybe we go and try and find him? Do we want to find him right now? Hmm. Probably not. And it, it, this that is a weird picture. Why is he there? Yeah, maybe we should talk to the research center. It's a brilliant idea, dear. It's a brilliant idea. And Stephen goes, well, we we also have the medical center we can look into. And we could always split up. Yeah, we could do that. All right. Um, I guess. All right. Um, Who's going with who? Well, uh, you should head this research end, right? I mean, yeah. I'm good at researching too, but so are you and Gary. And yeah. Do a pretty good team. Okay. So, how about me and good old Drasgo, eh? Yeah. He gives you this, like, smirk and pushes up his, like, <laughs> tiny little, like, uh, German glasses. <laughs> 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 you, you remember I described him with those? He has, yeah. like, they're, like, psychiatrist glasses. Like a, that Freud guy. Yeah. That's kind of how I picture how he looks, too. Except he's ripped. Okay, we'll start with you since she's eating. <laughs> okay, so you both take buses and then get off at different spots. And you, Draz and Steven, head to the... Uh, the you, tr- you go to Dr. Calvin Romero's office at the NYC Lungoon Medical Center. Because that's where you know he worked. All right. So you head there. And it is, um, it's about 4 p.m. at this point. Each scene's about an hour. Okay. 
Uh, and the, it looks like the office is closed at 5. So Great. Not much time. So you drop off this building. Um, it has like its own like little parking lot. And you pull into it. And well, the bus drops you off at the front of it. And you walk into the front of the building. And you read the sign. And it's pointing to like... This is where you go to check in. Like this is the visitor center. Yeah. Um, you hop in and there's like a straight... They go straight and it... There's directions that go to like different surgical wings, it looks like it. And the right goes to um, like physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And then to like next to the elevator, there's some stairs up to go to the second floor that has a balcony that is looking down. And uh, there's a woman sitting uh, and she has like a little name badge and it says Cindy. And she goes, well, how can I help you there? Well, hi there, Cindy. Uh, my name is uh, Jose. Uh, well, she, she looks... <laughs> She just kind of smiles. Wait, what am I doing here again? <laughs> was, was this where I was looking for? You're gonna, you want to go look at his office yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. What did we get a first name for that? Was Russo or was Doctor Calvin Ramirez? Calvin Ramirez. Or, or, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, Cindy. Uh, hi. We're looking for uh Doctor Ramirez. Um, wondering if he's in right now. Well, you know, I don't, I don't rightly know, but the people you need to talk to are going to be up on the second floor. Well, mighty, thank you so much. That's mighty kind of you. I'm going to head right up there and check. Just walk on by. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She smiles, and you walk past her, mm-hmm. and you and Steven um, walk up the staircase into the, the it's like a glass door into the lobby, and there's a couple people sitting there, and you see um, two women behind the desk, and they're chatting. Okay. Excuse me, ladies. Uh, was wondering if Doctor uh, Calvin Ramirez Ramirez. I I, I want to give him a different name. That's what I want to do. It's just <laughs> it's stuck. It's bad. It's okay. okay. <laughs> just wondering if Doctor Ramirez is in. Um, one of the women pipes up and she goes, uh, uh and then the uh, the the other lady who appears to be like a. A charge nurse. Mm. That makes sense. She's wearing a different, like she's wearing scrub, a different color scrubs. She pats uh, the woman on the shoulder, and she goes, "Hey, uh, I'll, I'll talk to these two, okay?" Mm-hmm. And she like gestures for you to follow her, and you kind of go through this door, and you're in this like hallway. <clears throat> she's talking to you, and she goes, "Are okay? Are you are you friends of Doctor Ramirez?" And she looks kind of concerned. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say we were friends, but more acquaintances, if you, if you will. Okay. Um, roll of communication. Just <laughs> kind of see how. I'm not gonna give any negatives. Thirty-seven. Okay. Out of sixty. It's kind of like one of those things where she wants it. She wants it you to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and she says. Okay. Um. And as you get a good look at her, she goes, uh, she goes, my name is Laura Peters. I am the charge nurse of the uh, cardiatric unit. And then you get a look at her. She is an, an attractive older woman with bleached hair and short manicured nails. And they're a muted pink that coordinates with her pink scrubs. Nice. And she seems a little, like, eager. Like, she really wants, she wants to talk to you about them. About okay. What's going on? She goes, um, he hasn't been in for a few days. Hmm. 
and I, I just so worried about him. He's such a good, uh, he's just a great doctor. Right, right. Well, when was the last time you saw him then? Well, lately, he's, uh, he, so he's been cutting back on his hours significantly. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, not unlike him. And he's been very short-tempered with us, which is, which is not like him at all. Um, but I don't know, like, if I should be telling you all of this. And I'm gonna need you to roll communication with a plus ten because you succeeded on that lie. So okay, he has a good communication, doesn't he? Yeah, sixty. Mm-hmm. Got a twenty-three. High success. High success. Nice. So what do you say? Like after she says that thing, how do you? Uh... Um. <clears throat> she said, "Like I don't know if I should be telling talking to you about these things." Well, well, I mean that—that's—that's. That's, I understand that completely. Uh, you know, I'm. If you need to talk, I'm. I'm here for you. You know, I'm trying to, trying to find him. Also, uh, I have some things that I need to talk to him about, and he's the—he's the guy that I need to know. So, I, I mean, I can help try and find him. I just need to know, you know. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I could check his office out and uh, see if there's, maybe something pointing to where he's at, where where he might be. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Um, so, but this is the only things I know about him before I, I take you there, okay? Okay. I'll have to cover for you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Dr. Ramirez, he was a consultant with a Dr. Liu. Liu. At, uh, the clinical research facility at Brooklyn. And I don't know if he's been, uh, struggling with it recently, because he has been diagnosed with acute lymph- lymphobic leukemia. And has been looking into treatment options. Okay. Including a bone marrow transplant. Uh, he indicated he was investigating clinical trials for several experimental options. When I talked to him about it a few days ago. Um, I have received personally. Um, I've been taking his calls for him. Um, I have received multiple angry phone calls from a Montague Wills looking for her son a recent bone marrow transplant patient. Uh, uh, we explained that Dr. Ramirez, as a cardiatric surgeon, wouldn't, wouldn't have been the surgeon performing the transplant. But Mrs. Wills was very insistent that he was and that her son, Devante, is missing. Mrs. Wills stated she knew that Dr. Ramirez was responsible. We told her that, obviously, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. She was so convinced of it. And I knew he had a girlfriend I thought he was staying with. But... Wait. No, they broke up. They broke up. No. No, no, no. Not that. Sorry. That is not... They broke up a while ago. Well, I mean, they might still keep in touch. I get her name and then maybe see if she's heard from him. Sure. Her name is Betty... Betty Boom. Betty, I'm gonna go talk to her. Betty Captain America Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a look around the room. What do I see? <laughs> and uh, she takes you to his his office. Okay. Um, as you kind of, you walk in, uh, uh, so okay. So his office seems, uh. 
orderly to exactly one person, and that is the doctor himself. To the invoice who don't know the doctor's mental filing system, books and files seem to be placed on surfaces at random, with all the file drawers and his desk stuffed full. The files are sorted by date, but the dates themselves aren't on the tabs of the files. Only patients' names. The walls are covered in a, covered in a variety of artwork featuring hearts. A small plant wilts in its pot on the corner of his desk. Oh, this will be fun. So yeah, a small plant wilts in the corner of the desk. Right. And you realize that you're going to have to investigate or something if you want to find anything in this goddamn room. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so... Uh, Steven says... I will uh, keep watch. And he, the door closes, and he's just kind of like peeking through like the blinds. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go to the most logical spot first, behind his desk, where he would sit at and start looking through the papers there. Sure. <sighs> Dang it. Okay. I rolled an 82 out of 80. Okay. Just failed. Um. Not a botch though. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so the only thing you can kind of gleam from this whole situation, you're very, it's kind of very, um, you as a person, like your your system on your desk is very organized. Mm-hmm. You know, that everything has its place and, you know, like it, it, it needs to be in order by date and then by name. And like, um, you need to have the date and name on things that you're filing. And like, it's kind of stressing you, like it's stressing you out a little bit. Right. Um, not to the point where you're like giving anxiety, but you're just kind of, it's kind of pissing you off. <laughs> so really the only thing you notice is that the light on the phone is blinking. Okay. So the message on the phone. All right. Oh. Yeah. There's, it looks like there's a couple voicemails. I hit the button. Let's see, Let's hear what the, what's going to say. Okay. So there's multiple voicemails. One is dated from, there's two from the same person dated from 10th and 11th. It is a Dr. Na Lu. She says, Hello, this is Dr. Lu asking for you to call back as soon as possible. Uh, please come down here and meet me at the Accept Clinic in Brooklyn. The address is 4567 Brooklyn Lane in Brooklyn, New York, in Nook, New York of Brooklyn. I don't know how addresses work in Brooklyn and or New York. Um, I want to discuss the matters we were discussing. And then it clicks off, and then the second one is a similar one. Okay. But that one, the second one gives, uh, like, she repeats her phone number for some reason. Hmm. So you have her phone number, and then you also have the address of that, the Accept Clinic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then then so. you see a computer in the room, okay. and everything else is really messy. Ooh, so getting too stressed out over trying to look through all this stuff. I'm actually just going to give her a call from here real quick. Okay. Um, I'm going to flip a token. Uh, Steven says, there's someone coming. Alright, I got a little info. Let, let's just head out now. Maybe we can, uh, you know, head down to Brooklyn and see if we can find this Dr. Lou. Of course. You head out, and as you're leaving the building, you see Laura, and she is walking with, like, another doctor, and the doctor looks pissed. <laughs> and you guys, right when you close the door, they walk up to you. Oh, and that's when we're going to shift over to Victoria. Hello. You head back to the um, the treehouse, correct? Yeah. Let's. I'll go to the treehouse. <laughs> I just told you you were doing research on. You're going to. Yes, that's do right. Research that's on right. Russo. I was doing research. And on whatever you're doing with this stuff, I'm assuming, correct? Yes. Hmm. I'll research transplants. So you go down to the library. 
Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, you walk into the, uh, like, the archives, yeah. they call it. Um, and there is an an older woman, and she is, like, like putting books on the shelf. Okay. Okay. Why don't you roll me a research? And you can... You can use your academics. And... Oh, did you botch, bro? Even if you use your academics, you still botch. <laughs> you had 95 was your target number, and you botched? Yeah, I did. I botched. Okay, the token I just flipped for them turns black. I literally almost gave her lucky because I was like, oh, you know, like it's a new character. Maybe I won't bot- botch as much. Well, that's new character, same bloodline. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. same bloodline. <laughs> Alright, so you only find one thing of note. Uh, you find a save file on organ trafficking ring. On, on an organ trafficking ring, complete with an address. Is that it? That's all you find? That's all you can... You have, like, a rough time of it, and you just can't... Uh, Can Gary... Gary, please do some research. Please. He goes, all right. And I'm gonna give him... Since you fucking botched, he's gonna... gonna take a negative, okay? Um, You guys are researching the same thing, so you've kind of... You kind of give him this fact, so now it's going to kind of... Affect what he's thinking. You know what I mean? And he has a cult... And he's going to use his occult for this because it is with transplants and the unknown. So he's using those two to link to his specialization. And he rolls a 29, which is a high success. So even with his negative I gave him, he did it's perfect because it wasn't that, wasn't that big of a negative. It's like a 10 or 15 I gave him. All right. So he, you find, he finds many accounts of cannibalistic consumption of the heart or, or other organs. He kind of puts that to the side. He says, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but there's that. And there's like a stack of books. Um, and then he says, uh, the main thing I have found is the, uh, I, find, uh, I found the mythology of Gulveg's heart. A variation on a North myth, myth involving Loki. According to an old file written up by a save envoy in the 1920s, Golovig's heart travels from host to host through ingestion of the heart by the new host. The heart controls the body of its host and supposedly gives it immortality. And then he uh, flips like another page and like this, this like file falls out. And he flips it open and he goes, Wow. Oh, this place is crazy. And he, like, pulls it up, and it's, like, a handwritten save report. So this is a first-hand account from the 19, from the night from 1973. Describes a man wa- waking up from a liver transplant and finding he could not control his body and that he had an overwhelming compulsion to travel to another location to find and protect someone there. He was inter- intercepted by the envoys who removed the new... from the envoys who removed the newly transplanted liver... At which time the compulsion and lack of control abruptly, abruptly ended. The man said that he could clearly remember the time during which he was being controlled, and he was aware that something was wrong. Other than needing a second liver transplant, however, he didn't get any other physical harm. Hmm. And as you guys are talking about that, 
Um, roll me a perception. He is nose in a book. Roll me a perception, though. Uh, low success. Okay. Oh, you rolled 88 again. Okay. <laughs> um, you feel like, you feel, you hear like a, you hear, you feel hot breath kind of on you. I turn around. And you see that old woman and you look at her and she has gray eyes. Like they're grayed out. Can and she's I... like looking down at you guys. Can I help you? The immortal heart must be destroyed outside the body. And she like places a hand on your shoulder and squeezes like almost too hard, she says. And her like long talon-like fingers are resting on your shoulder and she goes, Dearie, the immortal heart must be destroyed outside the body. And then she takes steps back and then goes back and starts putting books on the shelf. Um. And Gary is just like, like a mouth wide, just in amazement. Hands are raised in the air like, what the fuck? Uh, so I have a feeling the, uh, the heart must be destroyed outside the body. And I thought Grim was weird. Yeah. What the fuck, man? All right. Holy shit. I can't believe it. What? Miss, miss, can you come back? No. Miss, can you come back over Gary, Gary, Gary. The lady does not turn around. Yeah, no. You don't want... No. Gary. Holy cow. (sighs) Who was that? Who is that? Uh, Obviously, she's the librarian. She's so scary. You're scary, Gary. I want her. I just want... (laughs) She looks like she'd bake you cookies and then fucking make you pee your bed because you're so scared. And then the lady is still putting books up. Gary, I can't right now. You hear heavy footsteps approach the library. Oh, we need to relay this information to the others. Okay. Uh, do you so you, do you leave the books or do you put them back? No, I'm, we're gonna put them back, duh. Okay. Um. So it takes like five or ten minutes to put them back, and in that time, the heavy footsteps like kind of enter the area you're in. And you, you smell tobacco. Nice. And you hear... Hello. How are you two doing? Um, we're doing pretty well. Do you say that you turn around when you say that? Uh... <laughs> I don't... I, are you still... Sh- I, I think we're just putting books up. Okay. Well, Gary turns around and he goes... Oh, sir. And he, like, you hear him, Gary, hurriedly walk up to the guy. And you hear, like, a grasping of hands. Okay. I, I finish putting my books up and turn around. And you see this. So as you turn around, Victoria, and you look at this man. Because uh, you, you remember, you were there around, you were there before the communication blackout. Yeah. Um, You were still, you were, you were, like, right on the end of it. So you, you were there and you witnessed it. Um... You see this older gentleman, well, well dressed, very like he has this gray hair, and it is uh, buzzed, but like he has like buzzed on the sides, but like in a straight line, 
so it's like all around and he has like a you know who I'm picturing you ever see, and he has like this bushy mustache and he has this uh, cigar in his mouth you ever seen um, Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man that's honestly who I was thinking of he looks exactly like that guy yeah okay okay um, except he's a little taller and he's a little bit more muscular he's not as like like cause I always kinda every time I see Jonah I kinda always picture like he's kinda slimy you know cause he's like that's Spider-Man um but he's less of like they kind of like you know how that but he's more like stoic and paternal like you get like total dad vibes from this guy granddaddy vibes from this guy you know mm. um and you've read like like when um when all of the when back in back when the incident in Dublin happened in the 80s uh when the unknown attacked the main HQ and like basically caused everything to collapse and that and a few days later the few years later the blackout happened um you read stories of him just weeping about it like like it's like his child died um and up to that point he has never shown any like weakness when it comes to that stuff so you have like this vision of the stoic man and you smell like this like cuban cigar that's in his mouth and he's like biting it and it's definitely burning <laughs> and uh he like doesn't take it out when he talks either he kind of like side side mouth talks to you and he has like this slight new york accent um he says hello see how's it going yeah and he, ex- he extends a hand to you miss hi my name is uh gordon pym what is yours um, Victoria Osterling. Oh, Victoria Osterling. It's very, it's a pleasure to meet you. Are you finding our combinations well? I do. I, I like this library a lot, actually. Is, uh, is Linda over here been giving you trouble? Oh, no. No? No. She's, uh, she can be a little interesting. Yes. Uh, now what, what brings you to the HQ then? Uh, what, what you doing? We were just doing some research. We don't have a lot of first-hand accounts over at the Chicago HQ, and it was it was very interesting to find real handwritten first-hand uh, accounts. He uh, he kind of looks glossy-eyed when you talk about like the old days, and he goes, "Yes, you know, I don't know how to how I feel about the uh, what's going on with the uh, Hayat the Hayat Najim's rise of the central figure of Save." Um, she has some pretty crazy ideas with how we should be running our HQs, and I don't necessarily know how I feel about them. See, but uh, she's a good she's a good good lass. So, uh, international politics would save. I shouldn't bore you. Um, how's a good old how's good old uh, Charles uh, Richard doing down there? Oh, he's doing well. He's doing very well. Uh, you know, New York and Chicago are some of the oldest HQs around. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't need to bore you with the good old days, though. He takes, like, a, a pole of his cigar and kind of just blows it out through his nose. Well, I'll be, uh, I got meetings and such to get to. Oh, yes, I won't keep you. And he, uh, gives you all another handshake and walks away. And just, like, people just all of a sudden just, like crowd behind him His and little start, entourage yeah just like uh, interns and shit like that are just like pouring under him can you roll another perception I failed 
You failed? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was just to see if you felt the hot breath on your neck again. <laughs> you hear you hear you hear Linda say she pipes up again, right right behind you, she says. You know, Gordon always said there are seven million people in this world. We can't save them all. But we'll get as many as we can. Thank you, Linda. And then she turns around. Seven billion people in this world. Can't save them all. Did she say seven million? Seven billion. Billion. But we'll get as many as we can. She just repeats that softly. Gary's like, what? Aren't you, aren't you like, aren't you curious why she's like that? What happened to that poor woman? And he's just like looking at you with wide, like, scientists, like, I need to figure it out eyes. And he's just like, honey. I don't know what to do, Gary. Yeah, me either. Oh, wait, shit. Yes? We're, we're trying to find a creature. Yes, Gary. Oh. I was saying I don't know what to do about Linda. Oh. <laughs> and the scene switchbacks over to <laughs> Drez. <laughs> and you see the doctor approaching you. What you doing here? What what are you doing? Why are you here? in that? Why are you in that office? Uh, why are you not in that office? He looks at you confused. <laughs> Hi, my name's Jose. Have a great day. Now, nice to meet you all. Just walk straight past him. <laughs> okay. Um, he is gonna attempt to like, kind of like grab grab not like grapple you, but he's gonna try and like stop you. Right. Just like grab my arm as yeah. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> You got a seven. He gets a decent grip. Can you roll an opposed check? Oh, God. Uh, if you're trying to, like, maneuver out of the way, roll, like, an opposed prowess. And then the, the higher number, the lower number wins. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to say I failed at this point. Ooh, yep. Okay. Yeah, he kind of stops you. And you don't, you try to wiggle out of the way, but mm-hmm. you just can't. He kind of grasps, like, in your vest, kind of, you know? Right, right. And uh, Steven goes... Please, Doctor, this is it. We were just uh, checking up on Ramirez. We thought he was in there. And she, he goes, what are you talking about? I'm, do I need to call security? No, no, no reason for all that. We were, you know, he wasn't there, so we're going to head out and see if, see if we can go and find him, you know? You know? You know? <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn a token white. And he uh, pulls, like, he, like, talks into his, like, little, like, he pulls him in his phone, and you hear him dial. He's like, I'm calling security. And you hear him talking to someone. And Laura's like, eh, like she's, like, super stressed out. Mm. And that's what we're going to call it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> You're lucky you stopped it. I was going to juice chop him right in the face. <gasps> No. <laughs> so you can still do it. Just trying to flip tokens, you know. I appreciate uh, the token uh, flipping. Okay, but it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, honestly, with this game, you don't need the tokens. We do it enough ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's well, my I'm problem flip, right now. I'm going to flip the token because something bad's going to happen. Oh, wait, you botched. Okay, never mind. <laughs> the amount of times I botched. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Grim Encounters. Uh, if uh, you want to talk to the show, you want to get more info- updates on the show, follow us on Twitter on at Twitter. Grim Encounters. Um, you can join our Discord and talk Discord. directly to the staff. That'd be cool. Um, the cast, I mean. Uh, there's a couple people on there. Um, I wish we had more of you guys that listen so we can all chat about theories. And then you could have theories that like I didn't think of and I could steal them. I mean, not steal them, get inf- inspiration from them. Because I'm, I'm a part of the the like the Salt Circle Gaming, so I mean Salt Circle Games Patreon because I su- we support them. Grim Encounters does, and uh, I got one of the guys that's on there is like old school, like he used to play on first and second edition, and he said that he ran this creature um, that is so scary. It is so terrifying, and I'm going to use it this season. Oh, no. he, the guy gave me permission for it. I asked him if I could use it on the podcast, and he said, "Please do." And it is fucked up, and I'm so ready for it. I'm kind of nervous now. <laughs> and uh, Wesley might finally get to fight things. Oh, okay. Now I'm excited. <laughs> and I've expanded on it, and it's worse. And I know Shane is gonna uh, hate. Yeah, Shane's it, gonna hate it, and I'm so excited. If uh, Frank, <laughs> if Frank doesn't die this case, he'll definitely die that case. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I think we're all just kind of waiting for Frank to die. He's Shane's gonna very lucky, and he knows he has, and he's like, I I, it, all you gotta do is hit me twice, and I'm down. Ooh, and ooh. now that Pykel's gone, you don't have an emergency medic with you at all times. I, w- I want to hear predictions on uh, uh, when we think Father Frank's gonna bite yeah. the dust. Yeah, hop into our Discord, <laughs> and we'll all we'll all decide. Uh, Just like put the episode number you think it's gonna take <laughs> for him to go down. Yeah, because the only time I give characters plot armor is when we do back stuff, back stuff like this. Like obviously, these characters have plot armor. Like I can't kill them; it would ruin the whole story arcs and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they could get maimed, obviously. Like, But, yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of the time our backstory cases aren't, like, heavy combat and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's it's more narrative. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, you guys had to know that the plot armor. But I I don't give them plot armor usually. Like. Yeah. I try to not, because I don't don't like that. I mean. Well, it's scary. It makes it more scary. And I don't really need to, because Shane's clever enough where he can usually save you guys from most things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the astral werewolves, you guys made them look like a bunch of bunch of dummies, and they were so strong. <laughs> um, in the so. copycat episode, I almost blew everyone up. Do you remember that? Yeah, you would have uh, instantly killed Shane, uh, uh, killed Ranson's character. Yeah, I almost uh, killed Ranson and you caused the rest of us else, yeah. to get burned. And Shane uh, was like, "Hold up." Before you do that, I'm going to cast Disrupt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, if you want to, you know, support the show, uh, tell a friend, get them listening, tell them it's not all spooky, It's we try to be funny. I know I say comedy, but it's that's so subjective, but I can't just say, like, it's sometimes funny. That doesn't sound super confident, so uh, tell them it's funny, it's spooky, there's some nice wholesome moments. Uh, it's not like Cthulhu where it's all like sad and hopeless. Mm. Um, it's all, there's like, there's a fighting cause and then leave us a review on iTunes and we'll read it on the show. And, uh, 
I'd like to thank Tim over at tabletopaudio.com for giving us all the music in this episode. And we, if you guys don't know, I talked about it in the first episode, but we are using a pre-made case that they provided during the Kickstarter back in 2014. Um, the author is uh, Morgan Mc, A. McLaughlin McFarland, which we actually interviewed on the yeah. the show a few, mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Um, so she's actually the author of all this. So um, if you like, you know, in our Discord, she's actually a part of it. So if you want to talk about how great the case was and how cool it was and how the lore was all good. And, you know, I was wondering. I was pretty sure she wrote this. And I was, like, thinking when we were doing all the research, I was like, why is the, like, lore so freaking good? And, like, some of those, those like, clues I was giving you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, how good were those? Like, just the good. detail. Yeah, no, she... She said she wrote a chunk of the like new lore they added into Chill Third Edition. So nice. She's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'd like to thank her and Tim again. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I want you all to hop in your car. I want you to drive the speed limit because I don't want to promote crime. Drive the speed limit, and I want you to drive into the middle of the woods. And I want you to get out, and I want you to run, just dead ass sprint for thirty five minutes straight. And then when you get in the woods, I want you to start digging a hole. I want you to dig that hole. Just dig the hole. And then when I need you to get down there, you're going to find a body. And in that body, I want you to break into the ribcage. And I want you to pull out a key. And I want you to stay spooked out there. A key. Okay, cool. There's always a thread in everything I ever do. There's always a fucking key. I can't like every campaign I run, it always there's always a key. Was it was it a key to their heart? (laughs) Hey. You got it.